You're listening to Butchertown Rundown, a racing Louisville podcast and the official podcast of the Lavender Legion. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, a podcast about the only top-tier professional sports team in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. I am Tom Benson. That is Becky Morgan. Caitlin Whiteside still being a good luck charm for not just the United States, but all of racing's players down in New Zealand. Becky, how are you feeling tonight? Exhausted for reasons <laughs> not related to racing in this podcast. I've just come back from a long vacation that made me more tired than um, relaxed because I was also watching World Cup games at ungodly hours during it. So I'm tired, but content. How are you, Tom? I'm good. I want you to know that I don't know that in the history of this podcast, there has been anything that we have said that has been more relatable than you just saying you are more tired than relaxed after coming back from vacation. (laughs) Everybody listening to this just nodded their heads along like, yes, we have been there. Everybody always says like, oh, I hope you have such a relaxing vacation. Like my vacation was at a beach. And like I, st- it was still exhausting because I don't know swimming in very strong currents, and walking on beaches, and like entertaining lots of extended family. Like, it is not relaxing. It is relaxing now that I am home by myself in my apartment with my dog. Like that, that is relaxing. <laughs> but do not discount the fact that you're the hardest working woman in Woso, getting up, writing a few recaps for the Equalizer at three in the morning. Have you been enjoying the World Cup? I have been enjoying the World Cup. Uh, I am not enjoying the time difference, but I am very much (laughs) enjoying the World Cup. Racing players have been absolutely killing it and have raised the profile of our beloved team so much in just one short week of group play. And I mean, that's thrilling, but we will talk about that more later. I don't want to I don't want to run into this conversation too much yet. No, we are run with us, but let's. Let's walk for just a moment before we run into that later. (laughs) Becky, let's start with the starting line. What's been going on with the team? We have had two games since our last podcast, and the first one was a Challenge Cup match against Chicago, where racing handily won 2-0. So racing has beaten Chicago for both their Challenge Cup games, which is pretty exciting, and they've beaten them once in the regular season, we still have a regular season game coming up, but that means racing has a chance to uh, completely sweep a team across all competition for the first time in their history. And that's that's pretty exciting. Very exciting. And second of all, we had our game yesterday. Not as great a result. 1-0 loss to Houston in Houston. We have never won in Houston I mean, just watching that game, everybody was so sluggish. I think they were practically trying to run through 10 feet of boiling water because that is about what Houston's climate is, especially right now. I mean, it looked unpleasant. We'll talk about it a little more. It sucks. They lost. They were on. They had a perfect record before this in the Challenge Cup. Four games, four wins. Now we have one loss, but racing did still clinch a playoff thanks to Angel City beating Portland. So thank you, Angel City, and thank you, former racing player Savannah McCaskill, for scoring a brace. Way to go, Savannah, uh, old Sav. (laughs) Way to help out the old club. Yeah, so, so, so that was pretty nice. And I will say that I did watch the first one on my way through the mountains of uh, North Carolina and Virginia and did not get carsick. 
on my phone. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I was not the one driving. Don't worry. My sister was good. <laughs> I am glad to hear that. And I'm very glad to hear that you were not texting and driving. I have seen so many just for the nature of my job working in insurance. So many sad. I was texting and driving and had a horrible car accident videos that it is that I am really weird and paranoid. So if you are listening to this, please do not text and drive. It is not worth it. Get, have someone else drive and be like Becky Morgan and just watch the game while someone else is driving. So you win twice. One, you don't have to drive. Two, see the game. Win twice. Exact time. That was very compelling. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And also racing, killing it in the World Cup. Yeah, racing is absolutely killing it in the World Cup. Six goals from racing players so far in the first week of group stage, which meant that for quite a long time, racing collectively had or players from racing rather had collectively scored more goals in the world cup than any other team apparently sweden saw that and got angry because now arsenal's tied with racing they both have six goals scored but racing still on top racing still did it first so we are clearly better no i mean there that's just there's no argument i'm sorry arsenal fans it's racing is just now dominant over everybody but it was really surreal seeing those posts where it's like racing Louisville and then Arsenal and then Barcelona <laughs> and then Bayern Munich. It's like, really? That's wild. And we'll talk a little more about this later, definitely. But um, shout out to Achenna Kanu for scoring her very first World Cup goal. Tembi Katlana for getting two assists and her second World Cup goal. Ari Borges scoring a hat trick. Incredible. And getting an assist. I mean, she just went mad in that first game and it was just utterly brilliant. And then Wang Shuang stepping to the spot and converting a penalty like we know she can and uh, getting China the win as well. So cheers to our international players. Way to go racing international players. And I wondered, I've said it before on this podcast, that it does not take much for me to have the waterworks start to flow. And Becky, if your question is, Tom, does the fact that Ari Borges's post-hat-trick World Cup interview was translated and you had to hear the interpreter rather than understanding her words in the first person, did that mean that you did not get emotional? The answer is I got super emotional. <laughs> I um, mean, I it was, was touching. I started tearing up with her first goal. So imagine how I was by the end of that game. I, that was that was special. So it was it was fantastic. And we will talk a little bit more about the World Cup a little bit later. Let's get to our commercial break. Becky, do you know what is happening? on august the 19th at lynn family stadium i believe it's phil the fam tom it is phil the fam against angel city football club get your tickets now if you are listening to this go ahead get online don't drive wait till you get to work when you get to work you're not working anyway you're checking floridalyfc.com. You're, you're making going... a lot of assumptions about our listeners <laughs> you're right i need to stop but think about if you are in Louisville, get tickets. I am hopeful. I don't know anything. But at some point, you would got to think that they're going to have one of those ticket low price email deals come out where they sell uh, general admission for five bucks. Go ahead. Get those tickets. If you are not in Louisville, if you are in Lexington or northern Kentucky or Tennessee, 
what a wonderful way to spend a Saturday. Come on up to Louisville, Kentucky. Watch your team play against Angel City Football Club. Spend the night here. There is just an incredible breakfast food scene here in Louisville, Kentucky. Have a leisurely Sunday breakfast. Head back home on Sunday and enjoy seeing your club. Yeah, and there is definitely going to be a flash sale coming up, I have been told. So Tom is right. Keep an eye out for that. General admission tickets, I believe, will be 502, like they have been. And on top of that, if you or anyone you know is part of a larger group that would like tickets, the ticket office would be more than happy to work with you with that. Whether you have a group of 10 or a group of 100, they can definitely help get you discount seats. And often the groups do come with perks as well, like sometimes signed scarves or discounted food. So definitely don't hesitate to take advantage of that. If your church group, if your work group, if your colleagues, a club you're part of, anybody you know you can gather 10 or more people, then definitely contact the ticketing office because they can put something special together for you. What a great time. And if the Lavender Legion Slack is any indication, it sure would be fun to beat Angel City Football Club not a lot of love for that organization among the the racing faithful. Some of the Except names. Except for the fact that they just clinched the Challenge Cup for us. So, like, uh, a little bit of love. Just a <laughs> grudging respect. <laughs> like, I was like, I hate you, but God damn it, I respect you. <laughs> One of those. But it, it should be a, a fun time, and hopefully we will have many – of our World Cup players back, ready to get the season and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, keep with the playoff push. I certainly hope so. And speaking of playoffs, Becky, racing is in the Challenge Cup knockout stage. We're in a playoff. I know. It's it's really exciting. I, I guess technically we've made it to the Women's Cup Challenge playoff, but this is the first NWSL playoff we've ever made it to. And it's obviously it's higher profile than the women's mm -hmm. cup was. So I am, I'm thrilled by it. I, I, of course, I think we all wish that we had captured it by our own win. You know, there's something a, a little tiny bit deflating to be like, Oh, we lost. Oh, but we made it anyway. But you know what? I don't care. We made it anyway. <laughs> so like it's, that doesn't mean it's anything less to be proud of. I mean, we've had four, straight wins this year in the challenge cup before this loss and in the previous two years combined we have had one win in the challenge cup mm -hmm. so that is massive growth massive improvement i think we have a lot to really be proud of from this accomplishment i mean what does homer simpson say the two sweetest words in the english language default we are in by default and we will take it I think that it's funny the difference between the Challenge Cup and the regular season because racing started the regular season. We're integrating a bunch of new parts, a bunch of draws that could have been wins that we look back with regrets, wish we had gotten the three points. Whereas in the Challenge Cup, you take care of business early and then the pressure's off a little bit later. Right now, once we're in the dog days of summer, racing in the regular season needs to get wins to keep up in the playoff hunt in the challenge cup, start off with three wins. 
which means when you show up at Houston and it's a thousand degrees, uh, it's super humid. There aren't many people in the stands. The team looks like, as you said, they were super sluggish last night. It's okay. It was a, they, they didn't need to win. They bought them with their earlier wins. They bought themselves a little bit of leeway. Now, is it possible that they put themselves at risk of not getting a home game? Maybe we worry about that another day. But the fact is they did their work early and they are advancing in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not that heartbroken by that Houston game. The, there was that 15 minutes where they got their goal and racing completely lost momentum. But you know what? They, they got it back. They, they had mm-hmm. a break. They got momentum back. They played well in the second half. I mean, they came out and I mean... This was a clinic by Jane Campbell and goal. The Houston yep. Cooper you know, has been inconsistent a lot in the past, and she was just on it this mm-hmm. match. It, it could have easily been 2 or even 3-1. So some of that was just pure bad luck by racing. I mean, it was odd watching that game to me because all I could think about was, like, I felt like I was watching the reverse of racing in the last mm. two years. Yeah. Racing won a number of games by, like, getting a goal and then, like, desperately keeping out their opponents. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say Houston played poorly or, like, we're, sh- we're, like, only scrambling. But, I mean, we definitely challenged them a lot more. Yeah. They challenged us. We had the upper hand. We had the higher expected goals. We had more shots on goal. We had more shots. It's just one of those games that, that doesn't quite go your way. And so I, I can't be too upset about it. You know, if it had thrown away our chances of getting into the playoffs, I'd be a lot more upset. If we hadn't been in control and then came out with a game like this, I would have been more upset. But, I mean, there were a few weird things, like Abby Erseg being a very late scratch. And so mm-hmm. we had Julia Lester and Ellie Pikiamsa playing next to each other for the first time ever outside of practice. So, I mean, that's a lot to throw mm-hmm. in the person that we – or throw take out the person that we have credited as being a solid, you know, leader on the back line. And then throwing in two players who've never played next to each other, even though they have played for racing and been like, okay, fill in good luck (laughs) against a a pretty strong Houston offense. So I, all things considered, I think they did quite well. And I did think it was interesting. Michael, I believe uh, Michael Shaw did ask Ellie after the game, if not having Abby did affect the, the match. And she said, I mean, yeah, to a certain extent. And I thought it was very interesting that she said when they gave up the goal, it was actually um, what they missed the most was Abby's being very vocal because (laughs) Abby would be the person who has been there enough that she could see what was happening and direct them and tell them where to go. And of course, in her Ellie way, she said, yeah, Abby talks a lot. So she (laughs) talked us through it. And so I don't, I don't actually, I, I actually think I feel more confident about our defensive line that we did as well as we did with that degree without Abby um, with two different midfielders than are our typical starters. Cause it's the challenge cup and with different start uh, starting forwards than we normally did. That was, that was a pretty good game. It wasn't bad. And I said earlier that they seemed sluggish, but I mean that they, they were a step slow. You would see where Jay was just a second late when she usually isn't the players were just a little bit late, but I would never, 
if the day came where I thought they phoned it in and didn't try, I'd say it. They showed up to play. Tough conditions, tough environment, and by tough environment, not a lot of fan excitement there. You just flew all the way to Houston. It's hot. It was a it was a tough game, and they played real well. They had control over large stretches. Yeah, you sometimes you get good Jane Campbell where she is out of this world. Sometimes you get bad Jane Campbell where she's uh, not as consistent as maybe she has been in the past in her career. Last night we got good Jane Campbell. That's all right. We're still moving on. Yeah, I mean, despite the score lines being the same, I feel a lot more positive about this game than I did than the Orlando game. Oh, absolutely. You know, that just felt like everything was off, where this felt like a heavily rotated team, yep. you know, doing their best and luck did not go their way. Yep. So, And I think that, that Kayla Fisher, I think she's hitting that rookie wall. She, in the past, and she's still working hard, still super talented, but I think we've seen it in the last two years with this team where you get a rookie who's played in college, who graduates, moves to Louisville, and then uh, late July, early August, she just starts hitting the wall a little bit. It hasn't been, whether it was Emily Fox, whether it was last year, uh, uh, Savannah and Jay, it happens. They that's the it's a tough league and if you haven't prepared in the off season for a long summer you, know, you end up a little uh, a step slow i think that this will serve her well we continue to need to get her minutes and experience but i noticed last night that there were times when in particular she was a step slow and in the past in the past few games i've seen times where she mentally was a step slow mm. but physically she could make up for it just the fact that she's such a great athlete that she could compensate for not seeing and not reading a ball maybe the right way and last night her body wasn't helping her out with that and i think that that that's going to get better but that and a lack of uh, minutes with baggett eh, we're just just a, a step slow last night it happens we're still moving on yeah, and I mean, Fisher was transcendent against Houston when they yes. played for the Challenge Cup in Louisville. Yep. And I don't want to say she got rattled, but I do think she was one of the players that had the most trouble coming back from after Houston just, like, utterly took control of the game for, like, the middle of the first half. And then they worked their way back into it. And again, I like, I don't think she did badly, but she wasn't as, like, quite as confident or in step as she had been prior. And so I, I think that, I mean, and that is what happens to rookies. I mean, that's yeah. why they, they call the first year something different than other years. Cause yeah. it's an adjustment period. Yeah. And again, I don't, I don't think she did poorly at all. I don't think she like cost the goal or no. anything like that. I just think that, um, that, yeah, I agree that she was a little bit of a step slow. And I wonder if that was because she did so well against Houston mm -hmm. last time that, she was maybe overthinking it and putting too much pressure on herself to have a game like that again. Maybe so. A player that I thought really improved her intensity last night was Kirsten Davis. Maybe it was because she was playing a little bit closer to home in Texas. 
I thought she looked a lot more dangerous than she has in the past. She earned that penalty, not penalty. She earned that foul right outside the box. And Mm -hmm. before she was taken down, that was one of the niftier moves that I've seen out of her for a while. And it was good to see her play with a little bit more urgency. You could tell that the game plan was to try and play some long balls to her. Nothing ended up working out, so to speak. We didn't end up with a goal. But I thought that she played, you know, one of her. Well, I don't want to say. Yeah, I'd say one of her better games. Not, you know, she didn't score a goal, but I thought that she was getting the ball and putting pressure on Houston in ways that she has done too infrequently for my taste in the past. It was nice seeing Nadia play so confidently and so strongly as well she's another player that didn't get a goal and obviously she's coming still coming back from injury but i mean she sure seems like it's just a very short matter of time before she finally scores one yeah yeah. um I, i am hoping that she will be more of an answer to our number nine woes um you know that ultra confident clinical striker that we've just kind of been missing Mm-hmm. So when she can start pairing it more with with Monahan, with Kanu when she comes back, with Tembi when she comes back, I, I'm really excited to to see what could happen there. And also, I mean, Parker Goins, I think, has been doing a very good job in the minutes she's been getting and has mm-hmm. definitely, you know, like we talked about last time, is working herself into definitely getting a contract extension. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be like a guaranteed starter by any means, but I definitely think that she's earned herself a spot on the team. Um, yes. From what I can see. And that's, that's always good to see. One thing that I thought was really interesting. I also want to mention is, you know, the fact that we saw for one of the first, the, the, actually the very first time is seeing Carson Pickett play with at Abby Ersig next to her. And they have so much experience playing together in such a history and just a natural chemistry that they don't have to communicate and they don't really have to mm-hmm. think about what the other one was doing. So, I mean, Carson created a lot of great chances yeah, and not, not just with corners. She, even though she, you know, obviously put a bunch of, of good kicks in that way, I thought it was good. And it was actually probably healthy for the team to get to see Carson not working with Abby. I mean, again, that's just another little thing. Like, even if it didn't work out perfectly, I'm kind of glad we had that happen yeah. now. So if later something happens to Abby or if Abby's injury is prolonged a little bit, we know that it's not just like there's going to be like a collapse of lack of communication along our back line. I don't know. Maybe that's a weird thing to be relieved about, but I kind of liked the fact that that was tested in a non-regular season scenario as much as I hate to see Abby injured. I agree 100%. And I I don't know if Abby, you know, how how bad the injury, whether cautionary, but she has proven so vital to this defense that we're in minutes management mode with her to some extent. I mean, it's you never want to take your best defender off if you've got a one-goal lead or it's nil-nil in the last 20 minutes, but it, it she takes phenomenal care of her body. She's very smart. She doesn't take five steps when she can get there at four. She's a brilliant player, and she has an incredible IQ, also, we don't need you 90 minutes every game, Abby. Like we've got some younger legs. Let's prolong her. Let's let's get the most out of her minutes. 
it's okay to it's okay to give her a game off every now and then. Now, granted, racing season it has been such that no, we we cannot afford to have her g- take a game off. But I like the idea of it. And honestly, no, I don't want her injured. But if we would have just left her home and just said, "Take a rest, Abby. You put in a you. This is not a must win game. Relax." I would have been totally fine with it because we need to make sure that we are we are managing minutes so that our players are as fresh as possible at the end of the season. And from what Kim said, for those that didn't see the post game interviews, um, it's not that far off from the scenario you just offered, but she did just have some knee pain. Um, He wasn't sure how long she had been having it, but it wasn't anything like it's not an injury. Mm -hmm. It's not anything that is like particularly severe. And he said that if it was a situation where it was a final or like it would absolutely like this or, or nothing, they would have probably played her and taken that risk. But the fact that um, she wasn't 100% necessary, they thought it was better to give her that rest and potentially play her in Kansas city. That's great news. I mean, keep her, there's no, this is, this is not, you know, she's not Kayla Fisher where it's like a rookie trying to get minutes. It's like, man, keep, if, if Abby is probably not going to play, keep her off the plane. There's almost as as anybody on our team though, including (laughs) rookies. So, I mean, thank God it's just knee pain and not actually an injury. Like she didn't actually hurt herself in practice. Yes, absolutely. No, but you know it's interesting that that what you said about about Carson getting up in the attack and she's been getting forward a lot. Malay has also been getting forward mm-hmm. a lot in the attack, and I've really enjoyed seeing it. Not just the the confidence, not just the fact that you you're trying to you, the coach says to go forward in these situations, but very much. We're trying to win this game. I'm getting mad that this that we are behind. We are going to go and press the issue. It didn't work last night. They ended up one nil losers, but you can't say that the that the team phoned it in or that they didn't press the issue to try and to try and equalize. No, they didn't. And one stat that really stood out to me that I thought was interesting in this game is okay, we had more possession, we had higher XG, we had more shot shots on goal. This actually I thought was kind of funny. Um, we only had to make two clearances last night, and Houston had to make 30. So we were, I mean, we had a huge number of corner kicks compared to them, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 33 crosses compared to their seven. So I mean, that's it right there. And that shows... I mean, that's Carson and Malay for a huge portion of those. Yep. I mean, that may have been even 15 each. Um, <laughs> maybe more from Carson because she was doing the the corner kicks. But still, I mean, that that is a massive imbalance. And I think that's just kind of amusing. It was good. You you were spot on, though. This was we played year one racing. But instead of instead of uh, Michelle Betos in goal going Superwoman every other minute, it was Jane Campbell. Yeah, she had to make seven saves for us, and we only had to make three. So, I mean, that's those are old racing numbers. So, yep, I think it's live to fight another day. I mean, it's it was you always want to win, but I felt I felt all right after the game. One thing that and Becky, I know we talked about the World Cup a little bit 
earlier. And I've got a hypothesis, and I want you to tell me whether you think that it is valid or not. My hypothesis is this, is that because of the increased coverage of Savannah DeMello, who we can, uh, we'll talk about more in, in a sec, because racing players have succeeded so much and had so much success in the World Cup that the narrative around racing is starting to change a little bit for media members. Last night during the game, I thought that the commentators in the past when they've had an opportunity to talk about racing, making a bad play, eh, now they were a little bit more kind to us and a little bit more objective, whereas the narrative in the past was, oh, this is a bad team with bad players. The other team is always uh, so superior in every way, and if uh, Houston doesn't score five goals, it's because they messed up rather than a good racing defense. I feel that the mood is shifting a little bit with the way the public perceives racing. So that's a layered question. Uh, of course, I'm going to overcomplicate it and, and answer it in a bunch of different ways. Um, yes, I do think it is vastly bumped racing's public perception. I think, though, the way racing has been playing and the fact, like we've talked about in the past, that we've had players like Abby Erseg and Carson Pickett. I know we keep mentioning them, but again, very well-respected veterans in the league came mm -hmm. to racing and have said nothing but how much they've loved it. That, after the off-season we had and the previous two years we've had, was probably the single best thing that could happen to racing. Same thing with Paige Monahan, who maybe wasn't as high-profile, but... I mean, being able to see a player who was well-liked throughout the league, who people always thought could do more, come to racing, and then sh live up to her potential, I mean, that's also shifted people's perception. So I think the, percep the perception has been shifting, and racing has given at least written media members from The Athletic and from other outlets, they've given them more to write about than they previously had to mm -hmm. write about. You know, you could ignore racing when they weren't doing a great job. Um, now you can ignore them. You, you, you can ignore the fact that we have all these international players going to the World Cup. You can ignore the fact that we are doing um, as well as we are. And we're only two points out of the, the, um, the playoffs in the regular season. And that we won four straight in the Challenge Cup. And we're the second team to clinch a playoff berth. So I think perception has been changing. And I think the World Cup has given it a bigger bump, but I think that it was already growing. And then this is just like, you know, a big jump in that, that line, that upward trajectory. Mm -hmm. As far as the actual commentators in the game, I think that's a little more nuanced. I think that they're always biased towards the team that is playing at home. Like mm, okay. when we play and that, what re when that really struck me is when we played Kansas city twice in like four days, and it was the same commentators. And in the first game, when it was at home, they were pretty, oh, racing is doing a, a great job. And yeah, we won that game. But I mean, that was a 3-2 game. That was a lot closer. Mm -hmm. and so like, yeah, they'd be like, oh, Dabinia did this. Or, oh my God, Dabinia's on. But still, it was like, very racing's doing a great job. And then when we played in Kansas City, even though we had just beaten them, mm 
-hmm. it was like Kansas City can still be in this game. Oh, look at yeah. that crowd. So I think that it's tied to be balanced, honestly, towards the, the, the home crowd, uh, whether that's intentional or not. I've noticed that more this year. But also, like, at least the commentators for this game, I mean, racing, like I said, has won four straight in the Challenge Cup. There was mm -hmm. no, with the results that happened with Chicago and Kansas getting a draw mid-game, Houston was eliminated while we were playing that game. So, like, really how much can you laud Houston yeah. in, in that yeah. act in the game that mm -hmm. we were actually playing? I, I do think, though, yes. Uh, I mean, the... the the very short answer to everything you asked is yes. I do agree with you, but I think there's some nuance to it, if that makes sense. It does. I, yeah. If you are a racing fan, though, and you have felt the that our club has not gotten the love from national media, take a moment, a moment of silence, and just inhale, exhale, and just enjoy the fact that there have been over 400,000 words written gushing over Savannah DeMello over the last month. It has, I think that some of it is that the, the U.S. women's national team has had such a, such a consistent starting core for so long that what like there's there's nothing more to be written about Megan Rapino. <laughs> there's nothing more to be written about Alex Morgan and having a fresh face on the team who's kind of come in in a little bit different ways mm -hmm. than than a lot of the 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 players have and then come in and contributed well. I think it's been a, a brush of fresh fresh air for some of these uh, media members and I hope that as racing fans you have been enjoying reading all of this stuff about Savannah DeMello I know yeah. I have I'm really not someone who feels comfortable ever patting myself on the back about anything but you know I wrote some of the first articles lauding Savannah DeMello and being like this is a player you should look for and people have been referring back to those and that is one of the most satisfying things I've ever had in my career where I can be like, yes, I've been saying this and not in a way like you, you idiots. So you didn't see this. It's more in the way that it has been such a beautiful thing to be there from the beginning and seeing yes. the development of this player. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was storied and well-known at USC and she, she played in the youth national teams and people that followed women's soccer knew who she was. But to see her really just skyrocket as a professional in Louisville, only playing for Louisville as her pro team, to be talking about Louisville all the time in all these interviews, to have the conversation about her be around how she performed in Louisville, not how she performed for the national team, but how she performed for us. And that is what got her to the biggest stage in the entire sport. That's really, really satisfying and a really, really wonderful thing. And so I am happy that there are all these words being written. I'm, I'm, I'm gratified to have been one of the people writing some of these words. And it's just, it's surreal even outside of Savannah, because we have so many different players on so many different teams that like, at any given moment, you're watching a World Cup game and they're like, yeah, race in Louisville. We're talking about racing Louisville in the World <laughs> Cup. It is wild in the same breath to me that all these like top teams like, Oh yeah, of course they play for Barcelona. Of course they play for Chelsea. They play, Oh, they play for racing Louisville that I don't know. It, it feels 
definitely like we have like unlocked a new level like i don't know like in i always think of in like video games particularly like in legend of zelda when he would like get the new sword and it'd be like do 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 he'd like raise <laughs> his head like yep he went from that wooden sword to that white sword now we can blast things like i don't know i feel like i feel like we've leveled up a little bit in in the video game that is the the nwsl <laughs> it's awesome do, 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 do. <laughs> fantastic and you do not need to pat yourself on the back becky i will pat you on the back because you have been doing great work and uh you have always been fun to read. You're very talented. And if you're listening to this, you sh- you're probably already reading Becky's stuff. So allow me to, for everyone that is a fan, pat you on the back, Becky, because it's been, it's been great. And I mean, Becky, people, when they download the Butchertown Rundown, they don't want to hear just uh, happy thoughts. They are downloading this for the blistering, hot, controversial takes <laughs> so now I am going to hit you with oh God. the tough question, which has been permeating through the racing Louisville fan base over the last couple of weeks, which is that, hey, Becky, racing Louisville players are doing so great in the World Cup, but racing is not a playoff team, is racing misusing all of their talent? Of course, I can never give it. I'm. I hate hot takes because they they take out the nuance of things. So I'm not just gonna answer that. I I have been kind of annoyed by the takes that I've seen. Like, oh, it's clearly like I mean, we've criticized Kim in this podcast, and we've even mm-hmm. said and agreed that I mean we don't know what if his position will be extended next year. Um, which can but, I? Which can I? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to put pause on you for just two seconds. I hate to interrupt. I'm sorry. You, you I literally sure... let me get that far. To no, well, I just want to say that like when we have said that about Kim, I just want to say that, you know, there has been uh, an interpretation that I, that you and I think, Oh, he's definitely gone or what. I think that, no, that the nuance is that, is that his position is not secure. He can see like, you know, I think there is, there are results that are out there. If he loses every game for the rest of the season where they may not bring him back, there are results out there. He wins the NWSL championship. He is going to come back because of that definition of that, not secure. I mean, it is, it is open to, I'm sorry. So that's what I wanted to, I wanted no, to say. So, and, and I agree 100%. I mean, I, again, I feel like people are trying to make us have a hot take that we, we don't have. No. We think there's nuance to the situation. I think that there are plenty of scenarios where he is our coach for the next two, three, four years, and there's plenty of scenarios where he's not. Yep. Um, and a lot of that depends on on how the team does. And we don't have the inside track of what everybody's thinking. All that we can do is look at and be like, okay, maybe like people are asking, why is racing not a playoff team with exactly. everything they have? And the, the answer to that is we're damn close to it. And we might yeah. be um, in which case I think his job would be a lot more secure, but going back to your question specifically about like, Oh, with racing balling out in the world cup, you know, clearly that coach is misusing them on racing Louisville or clearly racing Louisville's too ignorant to know what to do with these incredible players. If they're getting these results. And I think that's kind of ridiculous because the fact of the matter is the NWSL I mean, I, this is definitely a big argument to the NWSL being the best league in the world if players 
from a mid-tier team can go and ball out because they're they're just quite simply international teams that are not as good as NWSL teams that racing could probably beat mm-hmm. right now if we had all our players on it. I mean, if you took all our World Cup players and we were playing our true starting 11, I mean, we could probably give a handful of the teams who are in the World Cup a run for their money. And so, I mean, there's just no team in the NWSL who's going to give the space that Panama gave, you know, um, Ari Borges and Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, even Argentina and... Um, South Africa. In South Africa, uh, you know, Argentina's a good team, but, you know, they still left a heck of a lot of open space in there that, that Tembi was able to take advantage of. And she was able to do something similar against Chicago. So, I, yes, I think there's arguments that we can tweak things to to have these players reach their better potential. I mean, Ari is making a hell of an argument not to play her as deep as we do, to play her as more of an attacker. Mm-hmm. But the bottom of the, the the bottom line is that we need her to play deeper because we have Sav DeMello also on our team, yep. right? And we have Wang Shuang. And so, like, the players who are balling out kind of conflict with each other. So we're letting them all kind of play separately and they're doing well, if if that's, if I'm being clear about that. I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, like, Uchenna has clearly been had her confidence rocked at racing um mm-hmm. i i don't know what's entirely going on there she has she's come so close but not quite been able to get there so i, I just feel like there's a mental block so i'm really hoping that going to the world cup and scoring that goal against australia i mean huge team to score against that mm-hmm. is nothing to to discount at all huge win for nigeria as well i mean i hope she comes back with renewed confidence and and might really be able to hit the ground running in a way that she hasn't been able to here. And then Tembi, Tembi's playing like she has in racing. She's just not played for us that much because she's still coming back from injury. And then Ari, I mean, we like we said, we've seen her ball out. We have not talked about her anywhere near enough because she has been so dynamic and so wonderful and set so many other people up from her position. So she's playing a less, you know, for lack of a better term, sexy position for racing, but she's still doing an amazing job. Goals aren't the only thing that you can assess a team's success by. So I don't think we're necessarily misusing Ari. We're just using her in a different way. And then Wong, I mean, she scored a penalty and she scored penalties for us. So she's doing what for China mm-hmm. what she did for yeah. us. So, I yeah. mean, I, I think they're playing at the, at, to the best of their abilities in both places and they've just had in most cases they've played similarly to how they have in Louisville and had similar results or they've they've had exceptional moments like Ari and I, I couldn't be happier for her. so like I don't think racing in any way is misusing the players to any great extent I don't think that you can really say like oh clearly all these players you know, collectively should be dominating every team when the NWSL is hard as it is. Uh, we'll have to see how these teams do when they advance to the harder stages and play harder teams outside mm-hmm. of the group stage. And then will they will they look the same way? I certainly hope they do. I want our players to just keep knocking it out. I want racing to stay as the top scoring 
team in um, the World Cup. But I know I've like rambled on about this a lot. But the last point I want to make about this is truly the reason racing is scoring and people aren't going to want to hear this because this might like take some air out of the balloon. But the true reason racing is scoring this many goals and like getting that stat that we have scored more goals than any other team is because we have more players across different teams than any other team in the world. We have play- six players on six teams, which means we have that many more times to have goal scoring opportunities. Like OL Reign has eight players, I believe, in the World Cup, but like five of them are with the US. So that's only one game that those five players could conceivably score. Where if we have one player across six games, then I mean, we're it's just like putting more names in the raffle, right? You're you're just putting more names in the hat to potentially get drawn and and get a goal. So I think that it's it's slightly biased by the fact that we do have so many players playing on different teams. I totally disagree. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Everything you said, I just wanted to. I was so afraid that you were just like, I have no idea what you're talking about at this point. Like, <laughs> I, your eyes are kind of glazing over, and I was like, oh god, like, is this the point that I'm going to look at the analytics and like everybody will have like dropped off and stopped listening? <laughs> no, I, you make great points, and some of it is, like you said, team composition that racing has built their team with more international players than other clubs the international players that we've got on our clubs are not uh they're not cheap so i think that on some level like tembi gets paid well wong shuang gets paid well uche gets paid well i think that the fact that racing has more international players speaks to a level of investment that a lot of teams in the world don't make. Mm-hmm. And in that level, I am not, you did not insinuate this at all, but I am not going to be, I'm not going to put an asterisk next to the fact that racing players are doing so well because we've got a lot of international players by any stretch one thing that I have loved about this club is that we're international, baby. Like we are, this club's a a top club in the world. And if, if you want, or not you specifically, but if somebody wants to say, well, racing has more international players than Barcelona, you know what? Racing invested in those players. Barca could have, Barca could have bought those players and they didn't. I mean, the European teams do have a lot of players. So, I mean, maybe I I was strictly speaking about the NWSL. I don't know. Good point. No, you're right. Other European teams. Yeah. So, am I out of my skis with that take? Sure. But at the same time, I mean, this is what racing is a, it is a NWSL. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. I will say it 10,000 more times. It's a top league in the world. You have top players. Racing Louisville is on par with every other women's soccer club in the world. I mean, we absolutely have the right and should not be shy about the fact 
that our club is in the graphic with some of the best known soccer brands on the planet. And like that's that's who we are. That's why that's why we're fans. Yeah, and I mean, just coming to the, the women's cup, like Sophia Jacobson, who plays for San Diego, said, and I've mentioned this numerous times in the podcast. But I mean, do you, if you want to, if you come across anybody who doubts that the NWSL is the top league in the world, and tell them that multiple players, including Sophia Jacobson, have said that they came to the NWSL. They decided to to leave Europe specifically because they came and played racing or saw racing play and were like, oh, that number nine team in the league. And we won the championship. <laughs> like real. they were like, wow, the quality of play here is mm-hmm. so much more even. And the teams are on a whole so much better. This is such a better challenge for me as a player. Multiple players have said that in interviews. And so mm-hmm. I don't know why Sophia Jacobson is the one. I, Cause I think, cause she specifically talked about racing Louisville specifically, mm-hmm. but also you yeah, are a I sucker mean, for the, a the, silent J the players say it i mean they're better teams like i think chelsea with like their absolutely loaded roster is a better team i think arsenal might be a better team but like on a whole racing is definitely very high up there because the entire nwsl from top to bottom is very very much up there we are a top league or else we wouldn't have these wonderful players on it and maybe sometimes be struggling about exactly where to play them and how to play them because Mm -hmm. we have such a wealth the one thing that I will absolutely say that needs to be done, I think almost more than anybody, is that racing needs to give an extension to Ari Borges. They need to offer oh. her. I mean, she ha- she's going to be here for another year, no matter what. We're going to have her through 2025. Through 2024. I'm oh, sorry. We're going to have her through 2024. They need to like hand the bank to her and extend her to 26, 27. Try and keep her here. She seems to love it. She said... She absolutely loves playing with Savannah and Jalen. They've both said that they've been texting with her, talking to her all through the tournament. Like, let's keep that. Like, we've talked about how much we love Sav and Jay's relationship. Let's throw Ari in there and say that we need to keep that midfield trio intact. Yes, for sure. I I agree a thousand percent. And I, I mentioned it in a previous podcast about how I've so impressed with Ari's attitude, the fact that she is just a hard worker doing stuff in defensive midfield that is without glamour, without fanfare. All it is is running and defending and playing hard. And she's got a a world cup hat trick in her back. She, if, if she, she has the talent, she knows she has the talent, but she's doing the hard work. She's invested in this team and yeah, absolutely. Let's lock her up. And I wonder, though, you don't want to mess with a good thing, but also, is it a time where, as we look at racing's attack next season, not this season, mm-hmm. is that a is that a player that we want to experiment moving her up? Yes. And I, I definitely think so. I mean, especially if we don't re-sign Wong or Tembi or something happens mm-hmm. and we, one of them gets traded something whatever uh yeah i think definitely move ari up because like baggett and fisher i think could both be developed into being an additional midfielder to round out that midfield trio i mean she would still conceivably be playing in the midfield depending on her formation just higher Mm -hmm. and i she definitely has the ability to do that and i think that yeah the reason she scored that hat trick is because she was playing up top so well i think that And I'm going to – one thing that I love about this team right now 
in getting wins is that every single episode, it feels like we get to this point, Morgan, where we're like 45 minutes ish into it. And we bring up a player and it's like, Oh my God, how could we not have mentioned her yet? And I think it's time to move it to the mint mix because I want to take a few minutes to talk about the player that is inspiring my mint mix song. We haven't talked with her yet, but Paige Monahan mm-hmm. has been balling out. She has been, uh, she didn't score last night, but she put three or four dangerous crosses into the box that where she beat her defender, she ran at it, and she gave racing a chance with a well-placed pass into the box. There was that one that um, that got deflected by just the slightest bit off the toe that I thought was going to be the equalizer. She is a she is playing so well. What did we trade to get her? Like a second round draft pick? No, uh, the fourth pick, the fourth overall pick. I mean, but we got her and Kanu. Because we got the money that we used to transfer Kanu also in that trade. That is, as they say, a good piece of business. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, she has been playing fantastic. She is, uh, and she is inspiring my Mint Mix song, which is Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys, because that girl is on fire. That's really the only part of the song that I really remember, but I think that that's <laughs> and that's all you need to know. That's right. Well, actually, I know another part, which is the next verse, which is a that girl is on fire, where like it's the same <laughs> verse but just down an octave. And um, I was trying to think of ways to really, um, like how how is the best way to really be say like what is encapsulating Paige Monahan right now despite being on fire but from what we've seen all year um I don't know if you realize this Becky but um it is currently the year of the dragon and when you talk about the dragon it says people that are born in this year are uh charismatic intelligent confident and powerful naturally gifted and that is what Paige Monahan is right now Wow. So we wait. So we had our horoscope last season, and now you've managed to bring in the the Chinese horoscope. Tom, yes. that is next level. That is definitely <laughs> a second year. That's a second year bump right there. <laughs> that is a second year bump. So that is my that is my mint mix song. I love it. I love Paige Monahan. I I'm really looking forward, no matter how it ends, honestly, to doing this year's retrospective. Mm-hmm. because around the draft when we traded the fourth overall pick for Paige Monahan and $150,000 and do we get an, an international, international slot? slot I believe, <laughs> yeah. People were like, "Oh, that's horrible. Paige wasn't a starter." Like not racing people. Um mm-hmm. I saw plenty of hot takes from um people on Twitter, which is Hot Take Central. Mm-hmm. And they questioned it and I mean, Paige has been worth every penny, and, and I've heard that other teams have definitely been like, hey, so that Paige Monahan, could we trade you for it? And Racing was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> not. So, I mean, that was, a, that was a tidy, tidy, tidy bit of business that a lot of people laughed at, and then a lot of people really questioned drafting 
uh, Kayla Fisher. And I, mm-hmm. I've been very pleased with, with Fisher. So I think that even though a number of our draft picks did not make it onto the team, I, I think that that ultimately came out very well. Because, of course, everybody was like, you needed a center back. Where was your center back? And then, like, we pull Abby Ursic and Carson Pickett out of the hat. I mean, <laughs> racing did a very good job in the offseason, <laughs> um, despite what uh, people's initials, uh, initial opinions were. Mm-hmm. So, if you had ever told me that we would get rid of Emily Fox and trade the fourth pick and come out better than we started, I don't know if I would have believed you. So so definitely kudos to the front office. Also, kudos, I mean, the one thing that I can definitely say was definitely all Ryan Dell, because, you know, all the, a lot of this happened before he got here, mm-hmm. was getting Jordan Baggett. And I'm getting totally off topic with the mint mix. I just we kind of glossed over Chicago and didn't and talked more about Houston, but I don't want to gloss over the fact that she scored a wonderful goal right, assisted by Kirsten Davis. I really like right. seeing that connection against Chicago. And then of course, Paige got her unassisted goal for the second goal. So, Hey, that was just wonderful. But I mean, we got Baggett for like a handful, like three draft picks that racing like historically has not even used at those points. So like, thank you, Washington spirit. She has been great for us. So just <laughs> shout out to, to Jordan getting her first challenge cup goal with us after getting that one goal against North Carolina earlier in the regular season. She has been playing great. Uh, yeah. That's racing did not need to get younger. They needed to get better and they needed that NWSL experience, and that is what we got between. And we got I mean, it, and uh, no, very good. Both of those, very good business. So my mint mix song is also kind of designed. Well, also you you picked a very good, very uh, algorithm friendly song. I did pick an algorithm friendly song. Unlike you know, you always try and throw it off, but this year I am, or this oh my god, this year. This episode, this mint mix, I'm going to try and throw it off a little bit myself because I'm picking a movie soundtrack song. And I'm picking Rocky's Going the Distance by Bill Conti. Because, (laughs) as you told me, because I haven't actually seen the movie uh, before we started recording this, you know, Rocky, I, I mean, I roughly knew this. I just had to get you to confirm it. Rocky doesn't actually win. He gets some some good hits on Apollo Creed. He wins his respect. He wins everybody's respect. But he goes the distance. And in the end, it doesn't even matter that he didn't win. He, you know, he won in the eyes of everyone, including himself. And that's the most important thing. And I'm not saying that racing is automatically not going to win the Challenge Cup or not make the playoffs. But racing is definitely at that point where they are proving that they're going the distance. And Mm -hmm. as you said earlier, they're winning the respect of everybody. And like Abby has said, they needed that belief in themselves. And I feel like we are finally getting that belief in ourselves. And so I feel like this team is very much this year a Rocky team. They're Mm -hmm. a Rocky-esque underdog. And I hope and I feel very confident that if they go down, they're going to go down taking a few hits on a team that is not expecting racing Louisville to get hits on them and that team those players will not look at racing the same way again and so that is my contribution going the distance by bill conti which was like the whole like workout and fight montage song i think so yeah that that workout fight montage is just i'm gonna fly now i was thinking about but no i like going the distance better 
it's what a great pick. My question for you is this, Becky. So is it now just like a thing for you to not see Rocky? Like, yes. Is, okay. Yes. Oh my so, God. I cannot tell you how many people have like, like, I just feel like it, it's too late to get into it. Cause I really want to see the Creed movies, the newer ones. So I guess I'm going to have to see Rocky. I've seen, I've probably seen enough pieces of it on television that I have in fact seen the whole movie, mm-hmm. just not in order. So that makes kind of a, a fun puzzle, I guess. The Rocky movies. I mean, at this point, yes, you've seen it. Uh, but I will say this. I loved the Rocky movies. I thought the Creed movies were better. Every yeah, one of the Creed movies. I mean, they were just, we just taken nothing away from Rocky. Creed was just so, so good. All three of them, even the second one, where I was like, that's not going to be any good. It was good. They were oh, really okay. good. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to watch Rocky now that I'm not silly <laughs> <Philly> anymore. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I will. We will look forward to, and uh, listeners of this podcast can look forward to a future segment called "Becky Finally Watched Rocky." What? Yes, did she think? I will have a podcast just of my really deep dive takes on the Rocky franchise. No, I won't. Don't worry. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a threat enough to probably have people like unsubscribe from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an extra cut. Extra cut. Becky watches Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becky, we have a few more games uh, for this season. And for our three points, you and I talked about going through the final games of the season and ranking which ones from the top three that we want to see racing win and i'm going to go through the remaining games okay Uh, challenge cup at kansas city challenge cup against unknown semifinal yes challenge cup against unknown semifinal home fill the fam against angel city at gotham home against portland Home against the Houston Dash, September 15th. They are, it is still going to be over 100 degrees in Houston. They are going to love coming here. Home, no, I'm sorry, at the Red Stars. Home against the Pride and at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Of, those, of those list of games, give me the top three that you want to see racing get a win. Okay, in no particular order. Okay. Challenge Cup Kansas City. Okay. Semi-final Challenge Cup and final Challenge Cup. Those are the oh, okay. three that I want racing to get wins in. Um, I-, I thought about being more creative because I have a lot of thoughts about like winning against Gotham and potentially regular season sweeping them, beating Portland for the first time. You know, there's a beating Chicago and getting a regular season sweep of them, you know, like all, all this stuff. But I, I ultimately just, I can't not want us to win the, the challenge cup after doing this. Well, I want us to just have one, two, three and, um, and make it to the end. Excellent. Tough to argue. And I think the players would definitely agree that, I mean, uh, sweeting that, splitting that sweet, sweet million dollar prize money, that would buy a lot of coffee. 
and what Heine Brothers would be rolling in dough. Oh man, Heine Brothers, which by the way, I, uh, I, I, the Heine Brothers is, is, uh, I got a coffee from them. I had like the racing loose sticker on it. It just made me feel good. It's like, where to go, Heine Brothers? I am a, t- I used to always go to Quills when I came into Louisville and went to practices or just was in Louisville for any reason. I've not been there since Heine Brothers has sponsored racing because I wanted to buy the racing themed drinks. And then mm. I wanted to just enjoy soaking up the racing vibes and midfielders and cars getting coffee oh has just cemented that even more. So I am now a Heine Brothers uh, loyalist. Sorry, Quills, you lost your chance. They lost their chance. They had every opportunity. The The Heine Brothers, where they tape midfielders with cars with coffee, is the one that's right by my house. And I always wonder... This. Oh, I go there all the time. I didn't. I'm gonna like just come start knocking on doors until I find it. You come there all the time. Oh yeah. my! <laughs> Hello, Becky Morgan. My name is Tom. We've hosted a podcast together for over two years. <laughs> I have now. no clue where you live. <laughs> People think we do this in person, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> We've still probably only seen each other in person maybe ten times max. Yeah, yeah. But those were all good times. They were great. So, yeah. That's right. We'll. Um, yeah, I always wonder what would happen if I went in there and they were taping because I, I mean, I've famous, not famously, but I, I was, uh, I, I went all uh, scared high school freshmen when I had the, with the Lavender Legion to go have lunch with the team. I was like, uh, I don't know where to sit. I'm leaving. So I'm sure that I would just like see the players talking and then bolt, like get my coffee like and leave. peek in the door now to make sure they're not filming and then run away. <laughs> I, w- I mean, I think they would have like a camera set up, right? Yeah, Zach. Zach films it. Uh, the racing's very talented photographer and videographer. It's a great. It, those things are so much fun to watch. Really, the only downside to the World Cup right now is Savannah's gone, and we should we should be getting those every every week now. Well, they we- were pre-recorded. They were pre-recorded. Ooh. I mean, the one with Carson had to have been recorded because Sav was long gone. So. Oh, good point. So fingers crossed. They got a few more taped that they can release. So hope so. anyway, so my three are in no particular order, but really the number one that I want to see him win is Phil LaFam. I don't know that. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't know that we're going to get who knows what the, the attendance is going to be, but I will believe in my heart that last year's Phil LaFam was just so detrimental to this club's relationship with the fan base do i think obviously it didn't hurt i mean it it wasn't you know a death knell or anything like that but you had a lot of people show up for the first time team played horrible you would like to think that a win would get a few of those people to be like oh you know maybe i'll go to another game also man i would love to beat angel city like I, i would just really really personally love for a team from Kentucky to just beat down a team from Los Angeles. I mean, we have at the end of last season, but you want to beat them down when you're watching it with your own eyeballs. With my own eyeballs. And I want to see them get frustrated. I want to see Sav. I want to see well, Sav. I don't know if she'll be, who knows, but she might be. <laughs> if you want the U S to win, you better hope she's not back. Yeah. I was going to say, so let me rephrase that. Like I want to see, I want to see Jay it's muscle funny. up the muscle up the infield. I want to see Abby dominate and make sure they don't do anything. I want to see Paige Monahan catch on fire and 
I love how our characterization, our characterization of Abby has just become the being the parent. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna watch her dominate, but also make sure they don't do anything. <laughs> well, Angel, make sure Angel City doesn't do anything. Oh, make okay. sure that we're players. No, no. <laughs> Release the hounds out of here. Say, let's go. Let's <laughs> let's beat them down five nil. Uh, so that's one that that I want to win is fill the fam, Portland. I mean, beating a a team that is that story that's right now that that's the class of the league that has been. I would love to see us beat them. Um, that one's also at home. That would be a lot of fun to beat Portland. And lastly, the last game I'm going to say is the very last one at San Diego. I think that the way this league is going, there's a chance that the last playoff spot of the uh, the last playoff spot will be won on the last game of the season. So let's go ahead and get three points and solidify our spot in the playoffs. No, and that's going to be decision day when all teams will be playing a game at the same time. So it's going to be fun and kind of chaotic. And uh, yeah, I, those are those are excellent choices. I, they're going to be tough, but I mean, as we talked about, that's the NWSL. Angel City has not lost since uh, switching coaches. You know, Portland actually seems at their most beatable right now, but they also are missing like their superstars still, but their defense is weak. So hopefully by the time we play them, we'll, we'll still be able to get a leg up. And uh, yeah, San Diego, I agree. It's going to go right down to the wire uh, to determine who gets that final spot. And so uh Racing's going to need to be on their A game up until the very end. And we will be here with the Butchertown Rundown. And I look forward to having Caitlin Whiteside back with us to say that she had a very wonderful vacation, but she's very tired when she comes back from New Zealand. I think that she has been just the good luck charm. Because, uh, clearly, clearly. Yeah. Racing I, would not be the top scoring team without Caitlin Whiteside. And without Ab- Abby Ersig's wonderful coffee and food recommendations received during the butcher down rundown to help fuel caitlin's adventures so i mean it's all coming together i mean if you're vlad if you're vladko i mean you're it's almost malpractice if he doesn't have caitlin i mean like He's got to be calling Caitlin's boss, say, we got to keep her out here. You 100%. know, let me put up the hotel, make sure that she got enough money to eat. And... And, and huge shout out also to Caitlin being so legendary. I don't I don't think this made the last podcast. I can't even remember when we recorded anymore. Definitely didn't. Um, when uh, they were checking to see if oh, the second yeah. goal was offsides or a goal was offsides for the United States. Yeah, and um, it cuts to the audience reacting, and there, right dead center, is a very frustrated and baffled-looking Caitlin Whiteside making an expression I've seen saying, "Give me a break! What is this?" <laughs> that I've seen many a time in Lynn Family Stadium. So, um, if that's not Butcher Town Rundown and Racing Louisville making it big, I don't know what is. There is nothing else. That is it, <laughs> Becky. This was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Go Big Perp. Go Big Perp. Go Big Perp.